home of the brave. That is the true backbone of America in all times, even now. Such truths run hot in our DNA, regardless of the weather, which looking out my window is rather overcast right now. In a day when truth is thought to be any closely held belief, moral, scientific, even aesthetic truths continue to glow brightly around us, despite their apparent fall from present popularity. One such truth is that free minds and free markets continue to outperform all others, as they have throughout history. This country was built on self-evident truths, the primary of which is that market value is created through service to others. In a free market, when this is done well, entrepreneurs are rewarded with certificates of appreciation. In the circle of apartment owners and operators, this is called rent. The business of housing in itself is a primary and most needed service for both our nation and our communities. A perfect storm of economics, regulation, and more have created a tsunami of demand for affordable housing with shrinking supply. One man has been relentless in the call to service through affordable housing. Today's guest, Jeff Woda of the Woda Cooper Companies in the beautiful Buckeye state of Ohio. Woda Cooper owns and manages over 14,000 units across 16 states. Interestingly, Woda Cooper communities are small averaging 40 units and heavily weighted to two and three bedroom units. The properties are affordable, all using tax credit financing, and they're green. If that wasn't enough to get you to heaven, Woda Cooper Companies is employee owned. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you, Linda. Thank you so much for having me today. It's good to have you. I want to hear how employee ownership has worked out for you, but let's begin at the beginning. It would seem you've based a career on self-evident truths. You're a numbers guy, Jeff. A degree in accounting from Bethany in West Virginia. In fact, you fund a scholarship to Bethany, a college known for its service to the community. How did that form your path? It was a great experience at Bethany. Learned a lot of things. I got a degree in accounting. Uh, Bethany had not only a curriculum based on whatever your major was, but we had other items that we were required to accomplish to graduate. One was uh, that we had these practicums that we had to fulfill, intercultural, educational, uh, things that you had to do for self-discipline. And I think uh, looking back at the time I was doing them, I thought they were quite silly, but now As a mature adult, looking back, you know, those were really great experiences. The other thing that Bethany had that really made it unique, that really drew all of us together, we had a senior comprehensive. Every student, before they could graduate, had to take a test that included all of the classes in their major. And I remember it just, it made us so collegial. We would would wait outside the doors as each person finished their oral presentation for their senior comps. And we wanted each and every person to succeed uh, throughout that test and make it through so we could all graduate together. Jeff, Woda Cooper. Who's the Cooper? Linda, thanks for asking. When I first uh, called my brother, who was a physician here in Columbus, and I told him I quit my job at Ernst & Winnie and I was going to start my own company, 
after he uh, had some words that I won't repeat, he said, well, if you're going to do this, I have an attorney that I want you to meet. That attorney ended up being a law partner of David Cooper. I met David very early in my career. I don't think we had developed one unit by that point in time. And I met David, and it was an instant uh it was an instant gratifying moment for both of us. I think we felt we had a lot aligned in our thoughts of how we wanted to operate a business. We had a lot in line of we're, we're deal junkies. We love putting deals together and seeing them come to fruition. And we also really like the aspect that our business provides service to our ultimate customers, those residents. And we had, we, it's, it's just been a really great experience. I can honestly tell you, I don't think David and I, I've ever had a disagreement in over 30 years that's caused either of us any heartburn. I feel very fortunate that my brother made that introduction to that attorney, and it led to David. Boy, you rarely hear that about partnerships. And I don't even have to make it up. You made a, an early decision to focus on tax credit development. Why? I was in my third year at Ernst & Winnie, which is now Ernst & Young, and a, a very large accounting firm. And after going in that third year, I said, you know, I've got to get into my own business. I, I like what I'm doing, but I, I, I was called to, to be uh, in a business that I could operate. My father built a lot of single-family affordable housing, and I had an accounting degree. So really, the only talent I had was, was accounting and the ability to know residential construction. And right about then, a few years earlier, the tax credit was implemented with the Tax Reform Act of 1986, and it wasn't being used. So it was just the perfect storm, the right time, the right guy, the right place. And I said, I want to try to develop a company that does nothing but uh, affordable housing, really focuses on the long-term ownership of affordable housing, and uh, a lot of good breaks, I'm very blessed in my career. A lot of good things happened, and, and that's how I got where I am today. Well, tax credits is a competitive game. When planning a project, how do you deal with the uncertainty of available financing? The industry has certainly changed a lot over 30 years. We, we just celebrated our 30-year anniversary last year. We're in our 31st year, and it's changed a lot. I think now, today we have these qualified allocation plans that each state issue, and they have a basic framework that they have to follow that's included in the Internal Revenue Code. And then each state gets to develop their own qualified, qualified allocation plan based on the state's housing needs. So what we've tried to do is not go into a state and take the Woda Cooper model and make it work in the state, but go into that state, go into those local markets and figure out what they need, what their priorities are, what type of housing that they find critical for their success, and then build our product around what really matches up with what their desires are and what their uh, political leaders and their uh, staff leaders and people making those decisions, what they've identified is the true need in those communities. Do you find that green features make winning tax credits more likely? You know, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, what is green? I would have said the, you know, the color of grass. I had no idea what it meant. But what we've learned is the more uh, efficient we can make our units, the less expensive it is for our occupants to live there. And, and being that they already have a limited income, 
every dollar that we can help them have a less costly experience on their monthly fixed costs, the better. So we saw states start to go into kind of dabbling in maybe some enterprise green features, maybe some uh, components of LEED, L-E-E-D, if you're not familiar with LEED. Uh, those of you viewing, look that up. That's another type of uh, energy efficient uh, program. But really what we saw happen was, as we started into it, we started to see some paybacks really quickly. And as the, our industry matured and we saw states start to require uh, green, enterprise green, lead, et cetera, we've seen the building codes now kind of follow in that same model. And many of the building codes where we work line up with what some of those early requirements were. And we're doing it not only because it makes great sense, but because now we need to do it. And it makes sense. It makes sense for our tenants. I think if you interviewed some of our residents, they would tell you that some of the greatest features, uh, just kind of the air they're breathing, uh, the utility bills that they have, some of the things that we've done that have really benefited them, which makes us feel really good about the product that we're providing. Does the cost of green make it less affordable? That's a great question. It's a very healthy balance between spending a little bit extra on our upfront costs, but what's that payback to the resident? We developed a property here in Columbus, Ohio, named, uh, called Fairwood Commons. It was the first multifamily, affordable, passive house development in Ohio. And if you do any research on passive house, it's like the utmost green. It's like super green, green on steroids. We insulated that entire development uh, 360 all the way around. And it probably increased our cost maybe 10 to 15%. But the paybacks that we're seeing in our early years of operations, we think the payback's going to be really quick. And that really benefits our residents. So we were able to utilize some additional costs up front, some additional funding up front to cover those costs. And then in return, the real winners are our residents who are going to have a great experience, really clean quality air, really energy efficient units. And I mean, who can argue with that? That's a win-win for all of us. I'm going to expand that question a little bit. You can answer it. You cannot. Um, most of our viewers are very interested in payoff terms. So what are you finding with that property with regard to payoffs? Again, great question. Uh, there are residents, so we don't control how much, you know, what they set their thermostat at, how many loads of laundry they do, how much water they use. But we, we are able to access their utility bills, and we are seeing a double-digit uh, decrease from what our averages are at our other units. We can't make the decisions for our residents on how much they want to control their utility costs, but overall, we're seeing a great impact for them. So, Jeff, I noticed that you have some senior housing. What's the backstory to that? So in a lot of these QAPs that we discussed, you get uh, sometimes incentivized to build housing targeted for populations either 55 and older or 62 and older. So many of the times we would use that as a way to score better. Probably a little over our skis, didn't have a lot of experience doing senior housing when we first did it. But I had a great, uh, a great person who gave me a lot of advice. Early on in my career, my grandmother was a resident of one of our communities. And I always knew 
that grandma would call me if anything we did went wrong or anything that we designed didn't make sense. And ever since then, everything that we've done in the way of senior housing, we've given it the grandma test. If it would have passed muster with my grandma, then it must be okay. That is a, that is a wonderful story. And she did hold me accountable when it didn't go well. That is, I didn't make that up. That's probably the best part. Yes. <laughs> Operationally, do this, does the small size and geographic separation of your communities make staffing a particular challenge? When we started the organization, we really did a lot of development in rural areas, uh, small county seat markets where no other developer wanted to go for that very reason. So, yes, in the early years, we had some one-off properties that were very tough to staff. It was very tough to find part-time help to, to meet our budget. But over time, we've been able to go in and fill in around uh, those communities. And where we might have a 40-unit community, maybe five minutes down the road, we have another 40-unit community. And five minutes down the road, we have another 24-unit community. And if you look at our map, and you see all the dots of our communities, we have a lot of clusters of small communities, but they're in small geographic areas. So what we're able to do is we're able to leverage those number of units, bring on a full-time staff person, and they might have to travel to two or three different housing communities, but it's not near the drain as it would be if those were one-off in areas where we didn't have other product. And over the course of 30 years, we have very few now that are just completely remote out there to where we can't leverage help from other areas where we have staff in place. Sounds like you've grown into your strategic shoes. <laughs> we certainly have. Yeah, it's, it, the, the plan has worked. I don't know if it's the plan or luck or a combination of both, but it's really worked well for us. That's brilliant. So it's no wonder that in 2018 you restructured Woda Cooper with an employee stock ownership plan. What drove this decision and how's it working? Well, we saw, um, we saw the industry really get competitive. And one thing that we, uh, my, my business partner, David Cooper and I really started to think about is how do we retain people? We have some really great people here. How do we keep them motivated to stay here with us? How do we retain them? How do we reward them? How do we incentivize them? And we came up with the idea of, look, you are a very, very key player to this organization. You should share in the successes and the failures of the organization. So what better way to do that than to give you an incentive of also being an owner? And as far as we know, we're the only vertically integrated, where we do development, construction, management, architecture, employee-owned, affordable housing development company in the nation. So it's been very rewarding. I think our team, and, we, and David and I love a collegial uh, style of management. We like to put teams together to where we, we challenge each other and we work together toward a common goal. And it's great because now we're sharing in wins, not only in wins of housing allocations or developments, but we're also sharing in wins for the organization as a whole. Jeff, this is fascinating. It is actually right down the sweet spot of what the country needs today. I hope we can have you back soon, and I want to thank you for being on the show. Linda, I really enjoyed spending some time with you. Thank you so much for having me. 
Unalienable truths. The value of service to others in our community is one, especially in the apartment business, to which we all aspire. Jeff Woda has shown how running a successful business at its core is the ultimate service to the community. It's folks like Jeff who put heart into their work and value into their community. Jeff, thank you for joining us. I'm Linda Hoffman. Watch for our next exciting episode of NAHB Power Hitters.